Last year, we talked about Resident Evil 2 for the PlayStation 1, a survival horror game so good it was remade for current gaming generations, and both versions are loved by most gamers. Many people have speculated that eventually, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis would receive the same treatment, and now in 2020, it's going to become a reality. But how good is the original Resident Evil 3? Is it worth playing in 2020? Let's talk about that right now in another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode each and every Sunday with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Coming up next, socially isolated at Boston, Massachusetts. We have Ryan McNulty. Ryan, how you doing, man? You, you moved into a new home, and I feel like in a time where people are isolating, we got to talk about them zombie outbreaks, right? Yeah, I mean, we put this on the schedule not knowing at all, of course, things that would eventually develop in the real world. So it's not like we timed this on purpose. Uh, but yeah, it's been wild. I was somehow able to move during this crisis. I think I was a a week before things got really crazy over here. So I, I, I lucked out in that respect. But I'm excited to talk about Resident Evil 3. As you guys know, when we talked about Resident Evil 2 last year, I had a big interest in moving on to this game more so than even trying out the newer remake. So I'm glad I got to do that. And we have uh, from London, Ontario, socially isolated as well. I think it's just crazy that the three of us completely different locations. Yeah, we kind of got to be stuck in our homes. We have Keith Hamilton. Now, Keith, in your case. Hello. Are you, would you say you're more in the Resident Evil 3 boat than the second one? Which one do you prefer and why? That's a really tough one for me. I honestly have to go with Resident Evil 2, but it's in the way that it's like if Resident Evil 2 is a 10 to me, Resident Evil 3 is like a 9.8. I love both of these games a lot, but I think just from playing a lot of Resident Evil 2 back in the day, it makes me more favorite towards that, but that's not to say that I like dislike Resident Evil 3 at all because I still think it's a phenomenal experience. And everybody, before we keep going, now more than ever, if you need somebody to talk to, we do have the Discord at uh, acastofthepast.com slash Discord. Also, we have the YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody that has recently subscribed over there at youtube.com slash acastofthepast. And you can leave that five-star review. Look, podcast right now, this is companionship. This is not just about talking about Resident Evil 3 we are yes. actually Let spending time. Let us fill your ear holes right now. Exactly. With good vibes about outbreaks. <laughs> we got it. We got it. So uh, I want to kick this off with great Ryan. Such great timing. Ryan, you, you're the historically huge fan of Silent Hill 2. We talked about that, available now in the archives. You mentioned we played RE2 last year. Before talking about RE3, now that it's been rounded up to over 10 months since we played Resident Evil 2, What's your take on that game when you think about your experience in 2019 with that one? Um, with Resident Evil 2, um, I enjoyed it a lot because it was like playing another Silent Hill, basically. I mean, granted, they have very different um, aspects in terms of story, but the the good old tank controls, puzzle solving, the um, the fixed camera angle set pieces that they they put together, it it was just like oh this is that Silent Hill game I've never played before, um, but with a more action oriented focus. So that it really uh, pulled the nostalgia strings for me. Uh, so which made me super excited to play an additional game in the series that had that same style. 
And Keith, in your case, uh, when's the last time you played Resident Evil 3 uh, before we did it for this episode? It would have been a few years ago. Um, yeah, I'm going to say probably about like five or six years ago. It's it's in that list of games I like to come back to, especially now that uh, it's become more accessible over the years through ways of either digital preserving or digital purchase on the, uh, the PlayStation stores. It's... Probably not like it's the easiest it's ever been to play that game. And it's something because it's very quick and easy to get into. If you know what you're getting into, it's a very quick in and out. So I like uh, coming back to the game every couple of years or so. So is this is a direct sequel to Resident Evil 2, right? Could you give us a recap of just what the story is about to, before we go on? Yes and no, where this is... It, it has the name Resident Evil 3, but originally it was just supposed to be a spinoff. But because of the way that like the market uh, worked back in the PlayStation 1 and how it hadn't really like matured the way it has now, Capcom needed they're like they were under a lot of pressure to put a three on this game. So the original Resident Evil three was supposed to be Code Veronica, the uh, the equivalent of like your Silent Hill two to Silent Hill. But because of circumstances, this became Resident Evil three, and this is a more of a uh, a expanded look at Raccoon City as a whole during this uh, zombie outbreak that happened during it. Like in before in Resident Evil two, you had the police station and that was kind of your central Raccoon City area. And in Resident Evil one, you just had the mansion on the outside of the city. This is finally getting to go through the streets of Raccoon City and trying to survive. And as far as the story goes, the story is very confusing in the way that it it takes both it takes place both before and after Resident Evil 2 with the first half of the game happening before Resident Evil 2 hence the reason why you go to the police station and Leon and Claire aren't there but there's a bit of a time skip in the game that the game doesn't really uh doesn't really explain well yeah, that, felt that confusing. happens yeah, it, it was. And then once that time skip happens, the events happen after Resident Evil 2. Story-wise, Leon and Claire have left the city at that point. Okay, and, hmm. and something else... I didn't even realize there was a time skip. Yeah. Yep. I could not even pinpoint when it happened. It was... Um, should, I, should I just get yeah, into it? Yeah, might as well. Go, go deep in the weeds. People, there, there may so, be spoilers, but hey, we are talking it's about It's like a 30-year-old game. game. Yeah, yeah, it's a 30-year-old game. There's a new version coming out, but you should play the old version before you play the new version anyway. So, everything up until you get poisoned by Nemesis happens before Resident Evil 2. Ah, okay. So, Jill going to the police station, getting her stars card doing that entire section just to get a lockpick. That all happens before Resident Evil 2. But then once Jill goes unconscious and Carlos goes to get the vaccine, during that time, during that like literal fade to black that happens in the game, that fade to black is Resident Evil 2. And then once Jill wakes up and gets the, um, gets the antidote, then we are taking place after okay. Resident Evil 2. See, that's why one so, of man, the three of us took his to play time to get that vaccine. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing that was amazing to me is that to most people, this is obviously a game on the PlayStation 1, but Keith, for those who don't know, which yes. console did you play this on? Or version? I played it. I played the GameCube version just because I have 
the GameCube version uh, available. I never, I never owned a disc copy of the um, the disc copy of the PlayStation One version. But I did this little thing called emulation, and it was legal emulation because I wanted to try out this uh, HD uh, texture pack that's come out for Resident Evil Three to kind of like modernize the way it looks and really like spiffy up the graphics of it. So I did that way, GameCube through legal emulation. Wow. And uh, Ryan, I'm assuming you played it on the the PS3? Yes. My good old 60 gig PS3 comes through again. Was able to get it uh, on the shop. And man, man that it's, thing, it's just, that is, it you is, need to have a send off for that yeah, one day. How old is my PS3? Well, I mean, it is an original 60 gig. So whenever those were made, but Jesus. I got mine. I got mine going into like 2007, I guess, is when I got wow. it. Wow. You you know you know uh, time has gone by when the PS3 is like gotten, well over a decade old. Yeah, the amount of value that I've gotten out of this PS3 is just absolutely incredible. It's amazing. Makes for yeah. a hell of a helicopter. But uh, okay, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. or, or a 747, yeah, whichever one. Kinda, kinda. Just got to vacuum out the dust every once in a while, and it chugs along. So uh, the three of us had a really great experience with Resident Evil 2 as well as Silent Hill. Uh, in my case, I was very much looking forward to this because I think that Resident Evil 2 was a game that I did play back in the day, even though I didn't beat it. But Resident Evil 3, as I kept playing this, I was like, I don't think I ever played it. You know, it's one of those games that people talk about it so much that you believe you played it. It's like you must have played it at some point, but none of it seemed uh, familiar, which brings me to like uh, kicking it off with Keith as somebody that has played these games extensively and playing it now uh, what's your what was your impression of playing this game now? You know, considering it's the same graphics, right? As you mentioned, uh, this game was in development alongside Resident Evil Code Veronica, which was sort of supposed to be the the real next game. I guess what the the initial uh, Resident Evil Three was way too ambitious, right? So they sort of made do with this one. What did you think about it, considering that it was technically a side project with a three labeled on it? I, to, honestly, to me, that isn't a detriment at all, just because of I, I like the experience of Resident Evil 3. And I'm going to say this through the lens of nostalgia glasses, because because of the amount that I played it as a kid, it's a game that I just, it came back to me as I was playing it. Like, I didn't really look anything up walkthrough-wise, but as I was playing, it was almost like a light switch that just constantly triggered on in my head of like, oh, you need to go here. This is how you solve the music box puzzle. This is how you solve the weird water sample puzzle. And just being able to experience all that and kind of tapping into this weird part of my brain that I didn't realize existed anymore. But that was fun. And then the overall experience of it, I really enjoy. My favorite time in a Resident Evil game and I think it's mostly why I uh, kind of uh, adapted towards it and leaned towards it as a kid opposed to Silent Hill is I think Resident Evil's at its best when it's an action game more than the survival horror puzzle survival horror puzzle try saying that 10 times fast when you have a little bit of ammo to spare and you can kind of go buck wild on some zombies that is the best feeling in the world like nothing feels better than ripping a zombie in half with a shotgun blast in those games and that 
exists more in Resident Evil 3. There's little minute changes that they made, like the ability to craft uh, ammo as you need it through gunpowder. In Resident Evil 2, you just picked up ammo and like, okay, I just picked up a lot of handgun bullets. I guess I'm using the handgun uh, for now. But in Resident Evil 3, they changed it where there's not a lot of actual ammo in the world, but they have a lot of gunpowder. So you learn how to you or like craft with this gunpowder and then make exactly the ammo you need. Like I like using the shotgun, so I made sure to save all of my B um, gunpowder to make shotgun ammo where I would, and then once I had enough, I would make grenade launcher ammo. So I could kind of uh, change up my play style to the way that I wanted to play and never really ran into ammo issues, even though I admittedly played on easy. Because if there's one thing that I will knock about this game, they did not figure out difficulty settings at this point in 1999 there is easy and then there is hard yeah there should be a dang middle ground yeah. in this game you either feel like a punk or you're like i don't even want to approach this there's no so weird. middle ground to it and it felt weird so i'm like well i guess i'm gonna go on easy because i need to beat it for this episode and never ran into any issues that way but yeah and now that i've gone long-winded i enjoy the gameplay of <laughs> resident evil 3 I will you, say Ryan? thank thank God for the easy mode. Thank yes. God for the easy mode. Now I I had my big struggles with Resident Evil 2. I didn't even like finish the game in time originally, but then I did go and finish it later. But thank God for easy mode. They give you, you know, your gas to the gills and ammo. Your you got everything you need. So you could enjoy playing, you know, progressing through this story. Um, but I agree with Keith. I mean, I think I would have tried normal mode had it been available. But I was like, okay, I'm still new to the old school Resident Evils and Resident Evil in general. Ain't ain't no way I'm going to play hard mode. So no. let's go with easy mode. And I think that really helped my enjoyment of the game. I, I did like this game a lot. Um, I'm kind of the opposite of Keith, though, where the the aspect that i really like about these games is figuring out okay now that i've got this tool what was that area i couldn't access before and what are the the you know oh i got the lock pick i remember i checked that door earlier where it said a sim you know when you're playing as carlos it's like oh a simple lock could open this but you're not playing as jill who has the lock pick so you're like okay eventually when i get back to jill i know i can open that door uh, so the, that the stuff where it keeps you thinking about what to do and where to go next, I, I definitely got tripped up a couple times where I admittedly would eventually look something up. Um, I know there was something where there was this chain and a key and you had to combine them to uh, yeah, it wasn't like very the obvious. clock tower. It wasn't, you know, maybe I could, maybe there was something I missed that I was supposed to read, but I had no idea I was supposed to combine those because I think you use that key for like something else at some point. So yeah, um, some of those things weren't obvious, but I felt for the most part, they weren't too obscure with that. And um, I didn't find myself lost too much. Okay. But you would say that overall, did you enjoy it as much less or more than two as somebody that played two for the first time last year? Uh, it's really close. I would say as far as my enjoyment, I would give, the like the story um i would say resident evil 2 is a little bit stronger on the story and i like the whole a scenario b scenario dynamic where if you play 
you know, you play them in a different order, like different things happen. It's tough to to compete with that. I didn't think because like kind of the signature thing of this game, I guess, besides Nemesis being like a jacked up version of Mr. X is that they had those decisions to uh to ha- like pick it's almost but, like quick time yeah, events before they were quick time I, events. and maybe and i'm sure keith will give us a wealth of knowledge on this how much of a difference does each scenario make because it felt like in certain scenarios it seemed like it was very minimal but does it a real does it affect endings in any way no it's all extremely minimal uh some of it does affect endings um if you looked in some of the post game stuff there's like these slides that you unlock um, so I believe some of it affects there, but at the end of the day, it's basically, do you want to do this and then end up in this spot? Or do you want to do that and end up in the exact same spot? There's very minimal change to them. Sometimes you might take like a little bit of a different path, like the one that immediately comes to mind is there's a point where, uh, like a sinkhole happens in a parking lot yeah. and you're, um... And then you have the choice to either fall down or just get back up and dodge the crate. Yeah. If you get back up, you just move along. If you you decide to jump down, you just move through a corridor, end up a screen backwards, and then just move along. It's a lot of stuff like that. It is very minimal. It it is kind of quick time before quick time events were, but they didn't really have any impact behind them. It's just whatever... I lie. There's actually one that's pretty impactful and shaves off a lot of time. And that's the first one where um, where like you first meet Nemesis. And if you choose to stay and fight him, there's an item that you can pick off of the guy that he just killed, Brad. And it saves you like 20 minutes of the game. Oh, you really? You can pick up his stars Because I, I ran my ass away. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. So you know how you have to go like down that long corridor and get the stars card, get uh, Jill's yeah. card. So if you stay and fight Nemesis, you can just get Brad's card and then just use that and then get the code and then head to the stars room and go away. Oh, wow. Well, nice. the more you know. We already beat the yeah. game though, so that doesn't really change that much. But in my case, I had a really fun time with this game. What surprised me so much is that you take the same engine, right? Visually, it looks, it acts, it feels like Resident Evil 2, but the tone of this game is dramatically different. The fact that it does feel like a like an action game. And I know this is going to be very controversial, but as somebody that just played uh, Resident Evil 6, I've been playing all the Resident Evil games of the modern generation, I thought that this game was very much an action game with everything else secondary. Now, I think it still had, it definitely still had the puzzle elements. I got lost often, right? It's like, you got to think about, oh, well, do I move this battery first or this one second? Or do I move a ladder? Like there's a lot of questions, but I was so surprised that this game is shorter. Like at least for me, it took seven hours, but I thought it, it had very little downtime and it was on purpose, right? And I think that's where you got to talk about Nemesis. The, the fact that not only is his name in the game, I think he is the the game changer, no pun intended, where anytime the game can be slow, he shows up. And the fact that he doesn't walk around, I mean, he is faster than you. He can easily kill you. The three of us, we played on easy and I died multiple times because I was just like, can you let me he's breathe? He's chief as hell. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he's, knocks he's you down. Yes. <laughs> he jumps right over you, chokes you, picks you up again, throws you. When you're down again, chokes you, picks you up, throws you. You have no chance. Like I thought, um, 
in the trolley car that you had to fight him. And I was like, hell no. And eventually I figured out you can just run away. So basically until like the very end of the game, just run your ass away unless you're a pro at this. Mm -hmm. And it's the best way to go about it because he is no joke. I hate Nemesis. Is there any... Is there any advantage to taking him down each time? Uh, yes, on hard mode. Um, the way that they gate weapon upgrades is by taking Nemesis down. So ev- there are certain points in the game where if you choose to fight Nemesis, then he, like his body drops gun upgrades that are only exclusive on a hard mode. The easiest way, or on easy, just run away because there's nothing there for you. But as you move up in difficulty, then there's more incentive to fight Nemesis but he's harder there so and at the same time that uh, incentive is kind of thrown away because the upgrade versus the stress that you're putting on yourself for going against that black trench coat piece of dog crap is just not worth it (laughs) so what would you guys say is the biggest difference that you did like we we talked about the pacing i think what you mentioned keith is the gunpowder makes a huge difference because it does give you control, uh, you know, other than, well, maybe you have a uh, hundred handgun bullets, which we totally did because we played it on easy, but you get to choose what you want to have, right? It gets confusing. You got to, you know, combine one and two to get this and then combine even more. But what was the the main change that you did enjoy? Well, well first of all, on the gunpowder thing, was there, where do they tell you about that? Do they There's ever a tell file you? in the game. Who reads okay, files? Like, yeah, I read them a li- I kind of skim through them, so I probably miss big details, but certain ones do help you solve puzzles and stuff. Um, I did really appreciate the... Once I figured it out, I was like, what the hell is this reloading tool? I had no idea what the hell it was. I thought like one of my big guns needed it for it to like, I a- think the be name able to reload. was confusing for it. Yeah. Yeah, the name... Because even I forgot about that one, even having played the game a few years ago. In my head, it was like, oh, for some reason, I thought like, oh, the guns don't reload themselves unless you have the reloading tool. And then they will just like, they'll click empty and you have to go into the menu and combine the ammo. I was very wrong there. But just by that name reloading tool, it's not very, um, it's not very clear. Yeah. But what I would say the the biggest thing, like being different that I liked about this was for Resident Evil 3, there wasn't really a central location. Uh, Resident Evil 2, obviously, you spend a lot of time in that police station. I love the touch of being able to revisit a part of that police station. I'm just a big sucker for like revisiting areas in previous games. So I thought that was a really cool touch. But I like that there's so much variety. You spend a lot of time, you know, at like uh you know through the just the streets of raccoon city you also spend some time in like a park you know towards the end of the game and then you know you think i figured like the clock tower was going to be this big section of the game but it's actually relatively short um but it's kind of like somewhat of a mansion like uh place so i guess you kind of get a little bit of piece a little bit of a piece of like the previous games kind of um settings and as well as some some new areas. So I, I appreciated that you never I never felt like any place outstayed its welcome um, for where you were. Agreed. 
and that with the aspect of Nemesis kind of constantly following you, there's not a lot of downtime in this game just because even on screens that you think you've cleared, all of a sudden that music hits and boom, you're going against Nemesis and he is on a quest to beat your ass. Oh, you think you have Nemesis figured out? Here's a rocket launcher. Why does he have a rocket launcher? I don't know, but he's going <laughs> to shoot it at you. And then just the yeah, element of Nemesis. Of it was kind of better when he got rid of the rocket launcher, to be honest. Oh, yeah. The, the rocket launcher is a miserable experience with him. And then just having that aspect of always having to be on your toes, you never um, know exactly what you're going to find. Like, even when you've ex uh, played the game a few times, uh, the layouts of rooms and I guess the enemy layouts I should say are randomized in the way that there's three possible outcomes of what's going to be in a room as far as enemy layout so even if you played the game a few times it's not mm -hmm. always going to be the same what you encounter so you kind of always have to be on your toes yeah. in that respect I actually, and, that, and I like that about it that that kind of brings to mind that I did notice um, so there was a situation during the game where you're playing as Carlos when you're in the hospital to get the vaccine. And I went to the bottom floor first and ran into this guy who ended up opening a safe and like blowing himself up and everything. Ah, yes. um, and eventually I go to the top floor and those like, those like zombie, like dinosaur guys or whatever the hell they're called ended up killing oh, the me. hunters. Yeah. The miserable oh, so, hunters. After I died, I decided to go to the top floor first instead and the way that the enemies showed up was actually different and the hunters showed up they hunters seem to always show up when you go to the like to the second floor like if you yeah, go up that's first, exactly an example of yeah that. if you go up first they'll be at the bottom floor if you go down first they'll be on the top floor and the enemies in the rooms were also a little bit different um so i thought that was cool and also the way the characters showed up was a little bit different too um you end up running into uh was that like me wait is no that was nikolai which was, which was the bad guy the bad guy uh, nikolai was the nikolai. bad guy mikhail okay. was the guy Mr. that Copter. destroyed the train yeah but yeah, you ran like the characters, like their fates were a little bit different based on like that path. So that that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I think something else that was very interesting about the game is that there were just more characters involved. I thought that Resident Evil 2 started off with a lot of characters that were just about to die or something. But the fact that, yeah, you play as Jill and even though there's not an A and B scenario, you do eventually get to play as another character for just a portion and I think that my, my favorite thing about it, you know, going back to what you guys said, is that with two, you were pretty much in the same place for a long period of time, almost the entire game. But here, it's like n no place felt like you were there for too long. And I think that that's like a really nice trick for a game feeling shorter than it probably was. And it's because like I, I was in the, in the same mindset when I saw the clock tower and I was climbing up and I had to go down and then go back up. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a place that I'm going to go into consistently. And I was ready for that. But before I realized that, it's like, boom, you're moving on. And I think that the puzzle pieces, I think, are were very nice. I like that you got to pick up stuff from different bodies. I thought that uh, it was really nice how... I had to ask Keith uh, some, some advice for some point, because I'm like, I want to take down Nemesis, especially during these... Uh, pseudo boss fights where maybe if you die yeah, that you gotta tip, load the game back up 
The tip from Keith did help about the ice grenades. Yeah, yeah. I want. I wanted to make sure you didn't run into another Birkin situation, so I kind of yeah just I, threw I that one out that. there. That was a lifesaver. I I lit him up pretty good. Yeah, that was definitely a thing. So the other thing is, let's talk about Joe because I feel like we've we've sort of picked on 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 Nemesis, right? That's maybe the the meat and potatoes of the game. There's Carlos and all that. Where does Jill tie in for a character? Because at least for me, I thought that she was extremely mellow for a game where you don't have a B scenario. I feel like if it was an A and B scenario, it would be a very different conversation. But for a game that's so action oriented, right? I thought that she kind of didn't really fit the theme of the game, but that was just me. What about you guys? No, I agree 100% on that where it... If Jill didn't have the pedigree of being one of the characters in Resident Evil 1, I don't think she would have fit in this game at all because she is my least favorite part of going back and playing it. Kind of how um, like Resident Evil 1 gets a bad flack and deservedly so for how terrible the voice acting is in this game. Well, it's not as bad in 3, I think kind of some of that carries over just in the character of Jill and just how nonchalant she is in this horrible situation where even like when she's uh, at the beginning of the game and then when she gets up, it's like a diary thing where it's just very monotone, like, and I'm still alive. Just that kind of character <laughs> development or lack thereof from Jill really takes me out of the game, though it does uh, lead to one of my favorite moments in the game. And I think it sums up the character and dynamic of Nemesis perfectly. It's when you finally ring the clock tower bell and there's this I'm slow saying. mo like, oh, I it's finally over. And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so rocket good. launcher done and she doesn't she barely even sells that she's just like no and then you have to fight nemesis but it just shows so how much of a dick nemesis is and just how much character jill lacks and i think it's very especially like i think leon and claire are pretty good for the ps1 era just to take such a step back with the jill character was really daunting in this game yeah i think they developed the you know you had Leon had that relationship. Who, who was the character you had the relationship with? It? Ada. Yeah, exactly. Ada! Oh, how could I forget? How could I forget? <laughs> but yeah, I think there was more there. There was more motivation. You didn't feel that between like Jill and Carlos to nearly the same degree. And Carlos always just you know, screws off whatever he feels like. And it's like, dude, don't you think, is there really that many more important things to do? You keep just bouncing on us. Like, um, yeah, I, I think that aspect was, was definitely on, on the weaker side for sure. Yeah. I almost felt like Carlos was there specifically because of this. It was like, Jill is far too normal. We need somebody in there that can just like, oh my goodness, Jill's about to die. He shows up and then just leaves yet the same room that he just went into it's like full of enemies but then he's gone it was like a lot of things that it was it was pure plot holes i guess is the way yeah. that you can describe it it's a lot of stuff that um there was one point at the end of the game where i just had to laugh like nemesis is pissed off because this is after the clock tower area and he's chasing you yet it's after the vaccine after the vaccine uh, after you you help out Jill it's like you hear him on the outside door so just think about this for a second 
A monster that can break through every single door is just casually waiting for her to wake up, for her to leave Plot that room. Convenient. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, the fact that you can hear him on the outside, I get it. I am in a safe room, but I don't like Jill as a character. I like everything else about the game. And it was those moments that I felt like the game definitely felt like something else is being made and something else literally was. It's called Co-Veronica, right? So we've sort of dwelled into this thing now, which is we've talked about what we like, which is the pacing, et cetera. Is there something about this game in addition to Jill that sort of didn't mesh? Uh, starting off with Ryan as the person that played it for the first time now, what what about it stuck to you in a negative light? Really, there there's not much, I would say. I think the story was really just the weakest part. Other than that, it's really a lot more of what I liked about Resident Evil 2. I, I don't have too much to complain about. I think maybe like if they made explanations a little bit more obvious for like the um, ammo A and ammo B st type stuff like that, the gunpowder rather. Uh, that that was the only thing where I felt like, oh, wow, I really feel like the game kind of missed the, the bar on just explaining that to me. Um, but other than that, I really had a good time with it. I The easy mode is what really saved this game for me because one thing I really was annoyed with dealing with was the ink ribbons and stuff. So to be able to, I understand like strategically the fear behind like really timing your saves and everything, but I just like being able to, I'm like a save-aholic anytime I can, like <laughs> if I made any bit of progress, I was going back to that room to make sure I saved. Um, so I, I honestly don't have any major problems outside of, I think the story being, definitely uh on the weaker side in comparison maybe um a little bit more uh boss fights other than nemesis i know you had like the worm guy kind of like twice but uh yeah a little bit more boss variety would have been nice but other than that i think it's uh, a fantastic think, game would you say uh because i i'm hearing a common theme and it was a positive life for us which is we chose easy right i'm wondering how much of that is almost like giving the game too much of a pass because comparing our experiences with resident evil 2 it was the opposite right it was like hey don't don't spam stuff like i would use the knife i didn't use any melee weapon or anything like that in this game and in two i tried to get good at it because at, at the beginning i used far too many ammo etc so at what point would you guys say if Maybe you didn't get the Magnum at the beginning. Maybe you didn't get the shotgun. Maybe you didn't get the assault rifle. Maybe you didn't get over 100 bullets. I'd probably bullets. be a lot more frustrated. I would definitely be a lot more frustrated. Um, yeah, but, to a certain yeah. degree. To it's a certain just, degree, it's, yeah. It's, it's a different play style. I think you need to know what you're signing up for in that case, where the game is very much like... if. I like the easy more uh, playstyle more because I do just like shooting the guns in the game. But the hard playstyle is more um, built towards. Well, you don't have to fight this enemy. You can dodge this. They a big uh, gameplay addition to this game is a literal dodge that they've added in, so or good. like the shoulder thing. I know it's so good. Like you're incentivized to survive more than if you were playing on easy and have this ammo. So you could also. Play Pivot. Was that a thing you couldn't do in Resident Evil 2? It, like it was like hold the gun down and stay there. Yeah, you. I think that was new to this one as well. Because now you can go like left and right um, as you're shooting if you need mm -hmm. to. 
And even even that feeling doesn't last all that long. You just have to be a little more strategic, especially about your gunpowder choices, because you get the shotgun. If you, if you know where you're going, you get the shotgun in like the first 20 minutes of the game. You're not ammo starved. You just have to be a little more ammo conscious. So yes, I think we personally are giving the game that are like a little bit of a pass because of it, but I don't think it's to the point that our experience would be any less if we had gone that route. Yeah, because even for an easy mode, it definitely had its challenges. Like, it mm-hmm. it was nice to essentially never have to worry about ammo because you got it. Because you still free- die after a yeah, few hits. But Nemesis still doesn't mess around. The puzzles are still tricky. I don't know if the puzzles are harder on hard mode. but No, they're the same. Yeah, okay. then I felt like, the you know, you still had to solve the puzzle aspect and everything. So, um, you know... Uh, I think the easy mode, it wasn't like, oh, you just blow through the game and felt like it wasn't a challenge. Yes, it was a much smoother ride for me than Resident Evil 2, but that's also Resident Evil 2 was my first time playing, you know, a Resident Evil game in that style. So, um, you know, I had that experience coupled with the the easy mode. So it made for a much smoother experience than than Resident Evil 2 just, for, you know, for those two aspects. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing for me that definitely stuck out is that we played Resident Evil 2 and then Silent Hill 2 and now Resident Evil 3 and playing this game and I was on the discord uh, yesterday with Keith just sort of preparing for this episode and I was like why is it that with Silent Hill 2 that game arguably had a lot more backtracking I, I think that game was definitely like go back and forth go back and forth and there's not a lot happening in between Yet, as somebody that historically does not like that, I was fascinated by it. Whereas with this game, and I was talking about this with you guys, I felt like I had to sort of, uh, let's put it this way, if it was not for the podcast, my patience was definitely wearing thin, especially if I died at some point or something and I forgot to save because I, I had to figure out that I needed to use the lockpick at the damn near end part of the game to open a door, little things like that. And I think my biggest reason that I felt so differently is that Resident Evil, especially three for me, feels like a roller coaster ride. You're visiting these different parts and it's more about the overall experience rather than seeing every nook and cranny. Silent Hill 2 is the complete opposite for me. For me, it's like embrace every single second of it, right? Because you're looking at the walls, you're looking at everything. But whereas this game you're running nonstop and you can maybe miss those little details. Do you guys get the feel now that we've played two Resident Evil games, at least for Ryan, you know, Keith and I have played multiple Resident Evil games and playing two, uh, Silent Hill 2. Do you get the main differences? And then I think for me, this, this is like uh, the, the main reason people always say like Star Wars versus Star Trek, right? People say, and I'm not saying this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm looking at Twitter. People love to tweet <laughs> each other and crap on each other's stuff. People say, like, Star Trek is for smart people, and then Star Wars is for, like, the popcorn flick. I'm not saying that's what I'm thinking, but I think everybody <laughs> gets the point, right? I'm just I'm just yeah. saying. What do you guys think, think about that? I think you're right with that, actually, where it is very similar, where Resident Evil is more of the action game, having... Only Silent Hill 2 as a reference point. So, Ryan, please feel free to step I mean, in and they, correct me. they all me. play very similarly um, mm-hmm. in terms to- of, you know, psychological and story 
over action. You know, most of the time you're just hitting stuff with the stick. So Yeah. So to me, that's where it comes down to where Resident Evil is very much the action game and Silent Hill is very much the story game where in Silent Hill, you don't get the grenade launcher that shoots fire out of it. But in Resident Evil 3, that's a pretty uh, or in the Resident Evil series, that's a pretty uh, go to thing. You don't really get the shotgun in Silent Hill that can do the things that the Resident Evil 2 one does. But the story, everything that we're saying that's like a negative of Resident Evil 3 is kind of a positive of Silent Hill 2, where the, the story is phenomenal in Silent Hill 2 and negative or like poor in Resident Evil 3. But the gameplay in Silent Hill 2, I think, leaves a little bit left uh, to be desired, where the gameplay, I think, is the biggest strength of Resident Evil 3. So it is very much two different sides of the same coin. And I don't really get the backtracking thing, but hey, that's mm-hmm. just our different experiences. Because yeah, even or go go ahead. I was gonna say I felt the backtracking in in this game. I was pretty good with it. I I didn't have too many issues. I kind of enjoyed that. There was I think the only time I was it was a little bit of a pain was I think. Was it the hose where yeah, you needed probably, to go get th- the yeah, hose? Yeah, I think the fire hose because you had to go pretty far back to do a lot of that stuff. But other than that, that's like the one time where you have to go like, oh, I've got, I've made all this progress. Now I have to basically go back near like quite the beginning of the game um, to to solve this. That was the only time I felt like it was a little much because I'd forget something and then I'd have to like go all the way back and then go all the way back again. Um, but other than that, I thought it was completely fine. Mm-hmm. I think another key thing here is that we have Resident Evil 1 through 3. We're pretty much the same type of game, right? Uh, same console, same generation, same graphical style. We got Code Veronica, and now that we know the other games, right? Like Resident Evil 4, regarded as one of the best games of all time, not just one of the best Resident Evil games, but that game strayed completely away from all of this. I kind of get why. When I first played Resident Evil 4, that was the first Resident Evil game I beat. So I think that they were trying to cater to people like me, that you always saw Resident Evil, you always saw that stuff, but maybe you're like, ugh, maybe streamline this a little bit for me. And even though that may be uh, punishing people like both of you guys, right? You guys love to be have a lot more patience with those games. I admittedly don't. Yet despite that, I appreciate them for what they are. But you look at 4, 5, and 6, they definitely kept getting more action-oriented and more. You know, they scaled it back a little yeah, bit with like 7. Yeah, like that Leon roundhouse kick. It's amazing. It's amazing. Resident Evil 4. <laughs> I love that no, so much. I actually tool. bought the Wii version now just to play the Wii one now because people say it's like, the the GameCube version with PS2 features, so that's like the definitive I, one. I I need to beat that game. I've played through the first like two hours of that game like ten times, and then I've still never finished it. I feel like we naturally well, are going throw to throw it now. on the list. Yeah, I mean we've done <laughs> yeah. a Resident Evil game a year now, so why not? But yeah, what we gotta do? Yeah, we could just like we'll do an annual Zelda, an annual maybe Silent Hill game as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, they we've been doing it to coincide with the remake, so they just need to keep remaking this stuff. And I mean, we'll hey, just keep if we go it. by that, they have made what's, Resident what's Evil next? 4. Code, is it Code Veronica then? Would that yeah, be Code the next? Veronica's the next one. Yeah. Because Which it, is, that would be awesome. You know, that that came out first on, I we're, mean, we're kind of going off topic, but that was a Dreamcast game, right? I, I played it, it on the Dreamcast. 
And I got Code I got Veronica. my Dreamcast over here so I could play the OG version. Nice. Yeah, Code Veronica came out on the Dreamcast and then when it became a PS2 game is when it became Code Veronica X. X. Ooh. Okay. I used to see like a million copies of that game at like Newberry Comics and other like other stores like that. So here's the question, guys. I definitely get the the interest that we have for Resident Evil, but knowing that there's going to be a remake that's going to be out or out soon, depending on what's happening with the world and when you're watching and listening to this, would you say that the original game, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, which came out late 90s, PS1, is it worth playing in 2020? And if so, why? I I definitely think it is. I'm just, like I said, I'm a big fan of the, you know, this style of game, these old school kind of PS1 games, um, just with the Silent Hill background. Like, I think those games are still worth playing. So, absolutely, I think, you know, two and three, the originals are worth playing in their own right. Because um, I know they've made a lot of changes, you know, based on the footage I saw of the RE2 remake. Um, so, you know, some of that you may not, you know, get in, you know, you know, there's give and take with the two versions. Obviously, the, the remakes are way more action packed and you've got like full 3D. The graphics are, you know, incredible. But I think there's just something, I don't know, there's just something about PS1 horror games that just, there is just, there's a mystique to them. I I don't know how to explain it. Like the crappy graphics almost enhances it. I I, I don't know what else to say. I think there's something about the clunkiness. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It feels very much of a time and place. It's like a relic of the late 90s in full display. It really does. It does. And I think it's because you don't get tank control games anymore. And even when some games say, oh, we're going retro style, we got some of them tank controls, they definitely did smooth them out. And I think that that challenge, and I think we talked about that in the original Resident Evil 2 review we did, uh, I think that's kind of the thing. Keith, in your case, uh, how many times would you say you've beaten this game? I'd say about 10 or so. Uh, It's a lot of like burst play where I would beat it two or three times in a row because we hadn't even touched on this yet. But once you beat the game, there's a new mode that unlocks that originally uh, it started in Resident Evil 3, the mercenaries mode, where it really takes that um, action uh, portion of the game and really turns it up because now all of a sudden it's like, okay, you've got this loadout. Now you want to earn as many points with... uh, the ammo that you have and kill as many things and get points. And then once you get enough points, you can spend them in a shop and unlock unlimited ammo weapons for the uh, for the main game. So if you play enough mercenaries, you can get things like an unlimited ammo magnum to go back and beat as Jill. So it was very much like, do what I can, play through it again after doing a bunch of mercenaries, and then I just have a ton of guns and go wild with it. And I'd beat it like two or three times in a row with that, just from enjoying the action of it. Nice, nice. So, everybody, uh, please let us know what you think about Resident Evil 3. Uh, We do have the Resident Evil 3 remake that, once again, depending on when you're listening, could be, could not be out. No. Uh, What's your hype level for that? I'm so stressed out about that. Yeah, talk to me about that. I'm... I want to see it. I want to know what it is because I think there is a little bit of a diminishing return with the uh, RE2 remake where it's kind of like going back to the well with that trick. But... 
from what I understand, at least uh, from playing a little bit of the demo, I still haven't finished the demo, and um, the pre-release coverage that's come out, it's going to be more action-oriented, kind of very much the parallel between PS1, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3. It's going to be more action-based, you're going to get more ammo, you're not going to have to conserve as much, but going through this was a very friendly reminder of just how much of a nightmare nemesis is <laughs> i can't imagine it's gonna be any better no. in this remake they've been going around saying like nemesis makes mr x look like a punk and from playing the resident evil 2 remake mr x is no punk and then just on top of was, that did you say there was the rumor about the safe rooms or whatever yeah Is that's that fake yeah. that turned out to be fake that oh, was a, okay. that was fake that yeah no safe rooms are still safe but just on the combination of that and then seeing how much of the enemy variant uh from resident evil 3 comes forward like as an example the liquor versus the hunter where the liquor in Resident Evil 2 has weaknesses. It's blind. So if you don't make noise, you can avoid the liquor. In the remake, that thing, you wanted to avoid liquors because they were very, very difficult to kill. Hunters don't have these weaknesses. And hunters are scary as they all cut hell. Your head yeah, off. They, yeah, they chop your damn head off. Yeah, so I don't... I'm curious, but I'm also afraid of what these new hunters look like, because just even the thought of that terrifies me. So I want to see it, but I don't know if I have the balls to go through with it. We're going to see what happens That being there. said, that being and said, then, one thing go ahead. that we haven't talked about, and I think what you're reacting to may address this. I don't know about you guys, but at least with Nemesis, aside from Nemesis and RE3, did you at any point feel actually scared or, or anxious about anything else? Because personally, I didn't. I thought that that was pretty much it. And, it. and it does seem like with the remake, maybe they're saying like, oh, maybe it's it's not only action oriented. We're going to make you crap yourself about everything else. Yeah, and I don't really feel that way just from playing the games again. Like sometimes the hunters get to me because I've just been scarred by them. And when they do that leap, just that like yeah. small feeling of anxiety that and comes through. And what were those it. other like liquor like ones? That... Oh, the Bandersnatch? No, that's not the Bandersnatch. I don't remember what they're called, but they were they're like also pieces spider, of crap. Like, well, not spiders because yeah. there were regular spiders, but. They were in where that you put the battery into that lift room or whatever. Like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and those weird yeah, I know zombies which ones you're talking end. about. They were like, like, like sensual zombies because the way they walk was just like super weird. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking zombies. about, right? Yeah. Well, that's just a Resident Evil tradition. Once the countdown happens, there needs to be naked zombies. It's been <laughs> yeah. in every single one it's of again, them. It's naked time, man. And with that being said, I think we have talked enough. <laughs> it's naked well, time. Yeah. I, I think I think there's one topic here that I did want to definitely get Keith's take on that I think is relevant that you missed on the agenda, and that is Nemesis versus Mr. X. True. Who who what is your preference? I'm gonna I, I think I know do, where Keith. it lies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Nemesis yeah, yeah. or Mr. X. You gotta choose. Are one. we doing a Mary an MFK, a Mary F kill on yeah. Nemesis and Mr. Valentine, X? Nemesis, Mr. X, go. I think I would marry Mr. X 
I'd kill Jill and F Nemesis because I feel <laughs> oh like that God. would be a wild <laughs> ride. Wow, man. Mr. Wow. Nemesis's wild ride. But if I have to choose between <laughs> the two, I think just based off nostalgia, I have to go Mr. X where he's kind of like the original. He's the killing machine that slowly stalks you where Nemesis is more of an anxiety feeling than Mr. X where you like he has no chill. He's just running at you, guns blazing, yeah. looking to clothesline you like his name was JBL. So just having that like methodical um creature like monster chasing you i love more and then just if there is one thing that i would say negative about nemesis it is how he is portrayed as the final boss stupid blob nemesis even though you kill him with a rail gun and that's kind of cool i hate that i hate the fact that he just devolves into another resident evil blob that versus tyrant is no question the tyrant that mr x turns into is one of the coolest things in video game history so I, I have to give it all to Mr. X. Yeah, the blob was a little disappointing. I got to say, um, like Mr. X, it seemed like, oh, this is this cool idea. It's He feels special because he's only in like the second half of the game. And he has like this mystique to him. He's methodical. Yeah, he's methodical and he's mysterious and he's creepy. And then it just felt like Resident Evil 3. It was just like, hey, kids, you remember Mr. X? Well, this is Nemesis. He's way better. He chases you down. He, he has no chill. He's just going to beat the shit out of you. Like, it <laughs> seemed like they were like, oh, that's a great idea. Now we're just going to, like, turn it up to the nth degree. And I think a little bit of it is lost there. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think they were just like, oh, that was, remember that really cool part about Resident Evil 2? We're going to do that the whole game now. Yeah. Pretty much. And uh, to conclude, I think that the way the game actually ended was a little lackluster to the point, not just with Mr. X, I think the the whole experience with how you're saved and I felt like it, it was missing something. It, it didn't have closure. It, it definitely felt like, hey, this is sort of tying in some things with Resident Evil 2. Not really. It's all depending on how you look at it. Uh, Ryan, in your case, did you think that Resident Evil 3 had a, a satisfactory conclusion? Um, yeah, I think the ending was a little uh, meh. Uh, and I was also trying to figure out what the hell was going on because I blasted the living shit out of him. And then he just kept hiding in that corner. And I didn't realize I had to put the rest of the batteries back until like the last uh, second. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, then I literally just put the batteries in and then it just zapped him from that corner that he was like sulking in the whole time. So it was a little bit weird. Whereas like Resident Evil 2, I nearly crapped myself after like you beat um, Tyrant and then there's that thing on the train still, right? That you have to shoot. So I was like, I thought it was over. And then I'm like, oh crap, because I had like no health left. So I was freaking out. And so it was much more like, exciting and like way more levels of like the the ending just had way more going on before it finally concluded compared to resident evil 3 which feels like it just kind of ends totally yeah it just kind of ends it's here's a weird little nod to resident evil 1 and you one of your partners in there and then the game just kind of ends keith i need to say something I don't okay. think the next game, based on everything we've talked about, Resident Evil, we're going to let this marinate, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking words for now. I'm just going to say it. The next game that we talk about should not be Code Veronica. It should be something where the three of us can experience it together. Ah, uh, 
Yes. I was waiting. I was like, I think you'll get it. I agree. Ah, yes, I agree. Because I think it's a sell... Resident Evil Outbreak. Very appropriate for what's going on in the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's play Outbreak. Yes, exactly. Resident Evil uh, Outbreak, if we talk about it next year or at some point, is a game that is a celebration in many ways of the first three Resident Evil games from a gameplay mechanic standpoint, where other games started to sort of evolve. I feel like Resident Evil Outbreak was the last hurrah for the people that like the more traditional format, but you could play it online with up to four players. And I think it would be interesting. You know, Ryan loves his puzzle pieces and all that stuff. That game was puzzle piece the game. That game was about exactly exploring and identifying all that stuff. So I think us being able to experience this together would perhaps be a very fun thing. So everybody, please let us know not just what you think about Resident Evil 3, but in general, uh, which is your favorite Resident Evil game? I think that everybody has a different answer for damn good reasons. Some people out there like Dead Aim because they're a little weird. So uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please have a five-star review on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. You can reach us on social media. I am Juan Villascourt. Ryan is the Ryan McNulty. And Keith is Hamilton by law. You can let him know why you love him. Well, why should people love you? Well, I mean, just look at me or just listen to me. Or depending his wealth on what of Resident Evil to. knowledge. Yeah. Ask me anything. You can depending ask on how about Star deep Wars you go. Yeah, depending how deep you go, I might not have an answer, but ask me anything. Oh, man. And with that being said, we will be back with another exciting episode of a cast to the stars.